Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris and I'm joined by Stu. Hello. And by Tom. Hi. Actually waved then. Yeah. Did, in, 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 in an audio medium. <laughs> yeah. Um I've I've like seen some mixed opinions on that, but I I really enjoyed well, that. Waving race. No, not on you waving. Waving, <laughs> waving on the podcast. <laughs> on the Turkish Grand Prix stew. I I really enjoyed it. Oh that it. thing. Yeah. The reason we're here. Oh I see. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I f- um it was I said in the I said one thing in the whole Discord chat the entire time, which is a great advert for everyone to come and join the Discord, which was well that was sedate. I think it was it was there was something like relaxing to me the, about that race. The I don't build know why. up promised chaos, didn't it? And the chaos never yeah. really came. Yes. I mean there were twenty finishers, which is wild. Yeah. I can't Crazy believe 20 cars. I only realized that this yeah. morning when I was checking on all the results things that, oh my God, actually 20 cars actually finished that race. That's, it's mad that it's the bizarre, conditions were the way they were and and all 20 cars managed to finish. I don't feel like, has that ever happened in a wet race before? Spa. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Yeah, other, other than Spa this year. Which I mean. The, the race that shall not be named. Yeah, actually, that's a good, like we've had 20 finish before in a wet race might be pushing it we also had 20 finish in monaco didn't we this year which is wild in itself yeah yeah this yeah. season just gets more it's and more mental weird it's such a bizarre season um but i love it um let's like dig into some things that happen then um yeah we can we can start by talking about bottas which i don't get to do very often the only time i've got to start talking about bottas this season is when he went bowling <laughs> in hungary so at least we can do it in a slightly more positive light this time yeah. and, and you usually leave yourself vulnerable to having the mick taken out yeah. of you relentlessly for at yeah. least a minute but on this that. occasion yeah, i don't think there's much you can say wrong about bottas's performance is there d- d- um, didn't go far wrong did he obviously bottas qualified the wet. qualified second but inherited pole um and yeah, like we've we've said a few times this season, you'd normally think of Scandinavian drivers as being the better ones in sort of mixed conditions and in wet conditions. And Bottas has sort of never really followed that trend. But on this occasion, he was pretty yeah. untouchable, wasn't he? Yeah, solid weekend. Yeah, all round. Yeah, well, <clears throat> definitely the Mercedes aided by the fact that Mercedes had quite a big advantage I think over the mm-hmm. over the field this weekend yeah um definitely Verstappen I think he controlled the race Bottas controlled the oh, race yeah. from the front he was just nursing yeah. his tires the entire yeah. race and you know as soon as as soon as Verstappen showed a sniff of coming near him, all he had to do was give it a little bit more, and that was that. And Verstappen, I think, knew that yeah. second was going to be enough, and he wasn't really interested in getting into a fight for the lead because as long as he finishes ahead of his title rival, which exactly he was always going to do, mm-hmm. then there's no need to take any risks, especially in those conditions. So yeah. I think I wouldn't call it an easy win for Bottas because it's obviously very, very tricky conditions, but I would say it's a win that could have been a lot more difficult. It sort of felt like Verstappen had like sort of early-ish in the race, he had one go at like closing the gap and pushing and Bottas was able to respond. And like you say, like Verstappen at that point was like, all right, let's, there's, there's no need to be taking any risks here. Seconds, plenty sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Bottas was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that to bed straight it, it, away. Yeah, it was, like a, it was like a mummy dog pushing the puppy dog down. <laughs> that's, that's what it seemed like. No. 
Stop it. Actually, no. None of this that. This is not happening. Goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah, his first win in over a year. His last one was uh, Sochi last season. Um, dare I say this is probably this is probably like this was Bottas at his best, and it was the sort of performance that you really needed to have seen more of from him in the last couple of years given sort of, you know, the way we know now know his career's going. Um, it's a yeah. shame we didn't see this Bottas on more occasions, I suppose. Yeah, but then at the same time, you don't really get... <sighs> okay, so there's been a few wet races this year that he's not particularly shined at. And I think this one he did shine. He did, mm-hmm. he did the best that he could possibly do. I mean, he won the race, didn't he? So one from the front. Um but yeah, you're right. Definitely, you know, Imola, Turkey last year. Like, there's a, there's a few races I can think of where he's been less than what you need in the wet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully this performance is kind of like maybe put some of those demons to bed. And it was a bit of a like, yes, I've lost my Mercedes seat, but I've still got it, kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's mm. it's been an interesting few weeks for him, really, hasn't it? Though since that whole thing got announced it's mm-hmm. i guess it's kind of one of those things that we've seen in the past with other drivers where it's a bit like a weight it's off the shoulders like the yeah. decision's done the announcement's out it's not it's not like hindering from a mental standpoint of yeah. like whether whether it's that he already knew and it was just having to keep quiet about it or whether it was that you know, you know there'll be there'll be a point where he obviously knew and just had to keep quiet about it but all that's quite taxing mentally i think isn't it and yeah yeah. And now that's that's he's released of that and he's not got to deal with that so much anymore. It's given him the freedom to like properly focus on what he's doing on track and yeah. I think that's shown really. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think you see it a lot, don't you? you yeah. Know, in the past we've seen it a lot when when a driver's been in doubt and they've been released from from their contract and then almost all like really it's a really common thing that they just have an amazing weekend the, the yeah. weekend or, or shortly after they find out they don't have the drive for that particular team anymore. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, and it's got to be. I mean, I guess it shows you the the sort of the pressure and the the how taxing mentally being a Formula One driver is. It's not just the you know the being on track and 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 the winning or or, or particip- participating in races. It's the it's the pressure of just keeping your drive in the first place mm-hmm. beyond all that is, yeah. is so much. Especially when you're at the top team and you've con- you know, the media are asking you questions about that constantly. Like Yeah. It's gonna wear on you. Um but yeah, like he did everything Mercedes needed him do to do under those circumstances. Um Yeah. Just really good, right? Unlike personally, as a Bottas fan, I'm. I, I had a feeling, like given the way this season's very much a Hamilton Verstappen battle, that we wouldn't see another win from him. So I'm really glad that he has got one more win at least before he kind of closes out his the Mercedes chapter of his career. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and to be fair, depending on depending on the situation of like upcoming Grand Prix. You might see it again. Yeah, you know, it's it's not out of the question. Um, especially like, I mean, this yeah, this season, as you said, it's just like impossible to predict. Like, there's going to be more stings in the tail yeah. of this year. 
It's true, but I think I think the big okay. So the big question over the the whole situation with Bottas here, obviously Bottas inherited pole position. Mm-hmm. Um, would he have won this race had Hamilton had the pole position? I think there's a pretty obvious answer. To no, that, no there? chance. Like the the only way Bottas would have won that race would be if somehow Hamilton lost positions to both him and Verstappen. Yeah, like the yeah. yeah. Like it, it, I'm shaking my head. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, just, it, yeah. If Hamilton doesn't have the engine penalty this race, then he he wins the race. Yeah, but you know, Bottas's job in that situation is if Hamilton can't win, he needs to be there to pick up the pieces, and he's yeah. he's not done that. And on this occasion, he was. Yeah, he hasn't done that enough all season. Yeah, this time he yeah. very much did. Yeah, and like we like we've said already. You know, Bottas. If he's had, a, if he'd had a better season, this could have been one of those races where he could have, you know, really been in the mix to be mm-hmm. part of that championship conversation. I guess. Yeah. And because yeah. he's had so few really, really stellar performances and a few stinkers this season, <laughs> then he's not really in that conversation. Yeah, exactly. And it's a shame. Like it is a shame because when he, when he's, when he's quick, he's unbeatable. But it's just not often enough, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's, the, that's the problem, isn't it? Is it's one or two specialized circuits that he's done well at, and then and then sort of being quick in line with sort of fortunes falling his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The consistency is not there, like, and I think that that's always been his his problem, really, isn't it? I mean, that and going up against a quite stellar team, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seven time <laughs> very difficult, be yeah, a very difficult, difficult team to be. Yeah, a driver in. Um, so Verstappen. I mean, not much to say about Verstappen other than, as we sort of said, he kind of seemed to settle for second. Um, never really had an answer to Bottas's pace, but that was more than enough for him to retake the lead in the championship. Um, helped by a top draw pit stop from Red Bull. Um, probably one of, if not the fastest pit stops since the new rules. I would guess it was a. Yeah, two point fifteen, something like that. Yeah, so good that uh, one of the cameramen celebrated the, the pit stop. <laughs> yeah, saw that. Saw that. <laughs> saw no, that, yeah. Didn't see that. Wow. Like, uh, yeah, as after the as the camera like panned to follow him out the pit box, another cameraman came into shot and he kind of did a little like, yeah, that was a really good yeah. pit stop, <laughs> which is a weird thing for a cameraman to do, but <laughs> like, there we go. Him, yeah. Um, Perez. Speaking of sort of uh, second drivers doing the job they're there to do. Perez had a really good race, I thought. Um, Only qualified sixth, well, seventh, but up to sixth with Hamilton's penalty, Uh, up to fourth on the first lap. Um, But then kind of most crucially, he just got in Hamilton's way and did an extremely good job of not letting Hamilton pass. Um, Like that sort of, sequence through the final sector and then going into turn one was like honestly some of the best like wheel to wheel racing I think we've seen all season that was such top draw racing like aided by the fact that that final sector in in Istanbul is just so good for wheel to wheel racing the way the final three corners are kind of switchbacks at the advantage kind of flip flops through them like it was vintage Istanbul park that racing 
Yeah. Yeah, it was 100%. Yeah. And then like yeah, I love that I love that bit of track. That's, so that's always been my favorite bit of that track. You see so much action through there. It's yeah. great. What did you think of Hamilton sort of pushing Perez into the pit entry? Oh, it's hard racing, isn't it? It's no different from what what's happened to Hamilton over the season. We've seen much harder racing from other drivers. I yeah. think it's a quirk of the track. It I kind of is. The right, it was the right decision not to give a penalty for, <laughs> for Perez coming back over the line, despite the trigger-happy stewards <laughs> at the start of the race. It was pretty... Um, uh, let well, let's just say I think Alonso holding a rag to the stewards <laughs> through the week might have pushed them into making some pretty snap decisions mm. early on in the race this week. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. I think there's opinions yeah, to be had yeah. on that. Yeah, um, okay, but yeah, like just it was just really good racing. Um, and you're right, it is just kind of a quirk of that bit of track, isn't it? Like it's not like Hamilton was really pushing him off track; he was pushing him to the edge of the track it just so happens that the edge of the track there becomes the pit entry becomes yeah, and, the pit lane. and yeah. off, off the back of it as well he sort of you know when he realized how wide he'd, he'd kind of pushed in that he definitely gave him the inside line back for that final turn as yeah well. completely like there was you know it, it was very compliant in the fact that i've pushed him quite a long way wide there he, you know and he's still with me i'm i'm gonna give him the room that he needs yeah. for that final corner so yeah, I think, I think it was quite so, compliant between the two of them, and that, that's what you want, though, isn't it? That wheel to wheel. Yeah, that is. That's exactly what you want. Wheel to wheel without too much aggression. Yeah, you want them to get through the corner, the sequence of corners, yeah. mm-hmm. without making contact with each other. That's the dream situation. That's how yeah. it should be. And there are parallels, I think, with that that corner and turn one and two in Monza. Yeah, and I think the fact that they're Maybe Hamilton thought, oh, I better give a little bit of extra space because I don't want to end my race. Um, but also, Perez didn't necessarily... I, I just wonder if that whole thing would have played out the same way if it was Verstappen and Hamilton, mm. if, it had, if it had been the other Red Bull. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe had Lewis a bit more elbows out and... A bit more fight back from the Red Bull, maybe. Yeah, because it was quite. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's a it's a null concept because obviously yeah. that's not yeah. what happened, and it doesn't really matter. But yeah. still, it's it's an interesting thought experiment to mm. see what you know. How's uh, how does Verstappen react in that situation to being pushed into the pit lane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the sort of I, th- I was impressed as well. Like it, it looked going down the main straight after that, that Hamilton had got the job done, but Perez was so late on the brakes into turn one on the inside yeah. as well off the racing line. Bold. Like, really bold. When, when, I, when yeah. I saw him like going down, I was like, oh no, he's like, there's no <laughs> way he's making this corner, but he made it stick. Really good. It was, the thing is, like, the thing with that is, you know, I don't think anyone at Red Bull is going to kick off if he uh, writes off the number two Red Bull and writes off the number one Mercedes yeah, in the process. Yeah. So. Plus, he knows Hamilton. There's no way Hamilton's going to put his car in a risk. Like, if he sees him doing that, Hamilton's going to give him yeah. space because he just doesn't need to take that risk. Still impressive, though. Um, absolutely. Yeah, great racing. Great. It was one of the best bits of the whole race. Yeah, I, I loved absolutely it. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. Then yeah, Paris passed Leclerc on track to take uh, third. A uh, uh, very slow Leclerc at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, to take Paris's first podium since the French Grand Prix nine races ago. Wow, which is it's like a long time. It's a long time that's to long. not be on the podium when you're in the. I was, 
second or joint, most. Yeah, joint best, maybe second best car. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, really good drive. Me, I was very impressed. Yeah, um, and very pleased that Red Bull got a double podium as well. Because for me, my fantasy team. Oh, here we go. I actually <laughs> I didn't get to edit my fantasy team before the race. <laughs> Because I couldn't get logged in. Like, the, the, there's something about the network at work that stops us logging into the F1 site. I mean, don't talk about things being down and not being able to log in. Do oh, yeah. yeah, it's probably it's a so, bad weekend so, for that. this week. But so topic yeah, for me. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't edit my team, and then my team actually did really well as a result. So I'm quite pleased about that. Also, amazingly, <laughs> Red Bull broke the. Um, one-off livery curse as well. Well, I guess McLaren yeah. kind of did that as well this yeah. season, didn't they? Yeah. They got the golf true. livery on the podium in Monaco. Um, yeah. It was it was nice as well, actually. It was... I, I, I enjoyed that livery. It was... Yeah, it, it looked, was a yeah. livery. When I first saw the pictures, I was a bit... Nah, but it looked way better on track than it did in photos. I yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. I was giving it a bit of a... Uh, sort of troll like <laughs> oh look it's it's the normal Red Bull they just forgot the purple paint like because yeah. it genuinely did look like that in a lot of the pictures it didn't look like they'd done much except but that's not why paint the good, bits though. that were white but in hindsight looking back at it in the race it was actually much nicer it was one of those that once it got on track and yeah. you kind of saw it running and like the number in the red there. circle on the nose and stuff like it, it was cool yeah it looked very cool yeah, and just that the matte finish as well. Matte finish paintwork just looks it always legit looks good. Yeah. Formula One cars, I yeah. think it looks yeah. so 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 it cool. Does. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for that livery. It's a shame it's a one time only, really. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned Leclerc. Um, he started third and actually stayed there until the pit stops. Um, tried to do the the rare zero stopper, um, but <laughs> didn't pan out for him. Um, they kind of tried to switch to that mid-race, which was kind of never going to work, unfortunately. Uh, he made it until 11 laps to the end before they had to um, commit to a pit stop, but still held on for fourth place. Um, yeah. Decent drive, solid drive, big points for Ferrari. Yeah, I, I think I think their main problem was commit trying to commit to that. Mm-hmm. Staying out too late, yeah, and he'd already done. He'd already done too much with the tires, taking too much out of them. They were never going to. I mean, everyone started to struggle in the last what ten laps yeah. or so. Everyone that was trying it. So, I still think they'd have probably felt the need to stop, or ended up in a situation a bit like Ocon did. But I mean, making the decision halfway through the race when you've already taken a lot out of the tires, mm-hmm. it's the wrong time to to swap that kind of strategy. I think, isn't it? Yeah, like to to bring Ocon in now, like he was the only driver that actually pulled off the zero stop. Um, and and he said after the race that they were considering doing that from the very start rather than kind of switching to it late on. They said like yeah. they studied how last year's race had gone with the Inters wearing down to slicks and everything. And they sort of saw before the race started that was a possibility. So he was driving with that in mind. But even so, he was like just hemorrhaging time in the last few laps. He lost... Yeah. They were shagged by the end of it. He lost tires. 20 yeah. seconds to Giovinazzi in the last seven laps. It was down to the canvas. I saw a photo where yeah. he was actually down. He'd yeah. done a lock-up and he'd gone down to the canvas. I think if he'd done one more lap on him, they would have, you would have had a tire well, explosion probably. he only really held on for 10th place because Alfa Romeo just cocked it up really. Like, 
Alfa Romeo apparently just were not on the ball with keeping Giovinazzi informed that his pace was dropping off that much. And apparently Giovinazzi had like been, he sort of realised it was on for 10th place. He was going around, charging everything up, ready to like go like, you know, everything turned to 11 on the final lap. Um, and the team had failed to tell him that he was actually already on the final lap. So he spent the last lap charging up for a lap that <laughs> didn't exist. Like they, Alfa Romeo, like it was there for the take in that point and they just made a right mess of it. That's a shame. I didn't know guess that. Who's on, yeah. Guess who's on my fantasy team? <laughs> oh, nice. So mm. pleased. Um, yeah, that's he's the first driver to do a zero-stop race since Mika Salo came fifth at Monaco in 1997. Wow. Um, like, technically, we've, all, we've had races where... Technically, we've had zero stops, but they've been because, like, at um, Mons last year, when, like, Stroll was able to change his tyres during a red flag so technically he never made a pit stop but this is like yeah this is the first time but literally in different tyres yeah though, exactly yeah. So one set yeah. of tyres yeah, yeah. first but time it's been a whole it, race distance on one set of tyres first time since Belgium 2021 <laughs> now we're talking about races here Stu. <laughs> oh sorry so, uh, so, that's, so that's two records that Belgium it's the gift that keeps giving yeah. isn't it that's <laughs> the really re- is. references let's see if we can get another one later <laughs> <laughs> um, right let's talk Hamilton um, so 11th on the grid <clears throat> after his penalty for a new uh, internal combustion engine um, as we already said he made sort of steadyish progress early on quite measured I think like not taking too many risks took him quite a while to get past the Alpha Terrorists they were very much doing their um, sister team job um, in fact, after the race, Yuki Tsunoda was like, yeah, I want Verstappen to win this championship. So I was doing everything I could to keep Hamilton behind me. Uh, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why, I mean, why not? You know, you're in a race, it's wet conditions, anything can happen. Yeah. You, no one knows what anyone's pace is at that point. In exactly. The race, yeah. Really. You've only five laps, well, really early in the race, that first few laps. Yeah. So I think he's well within his rights to, I mean, they're racing, aren't they? Exactly. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why the hell not, not a complaint at all. Um, speaking of Tsunoda, like, for the first sort of thirdish of quarter third of that race, like he was having one of his best weekends in a while that he really needed. Like he'd made it into Q3, he was running like well in the points, but it's a real shame that race fell apart for him, wasn't it? Like he had a spin or two, and where'd he finish in the end? Yeah, 14th he ended up. Real shame that for Sonoda. He was, he, he needs some clean, decent weekends, and this was looking like it could have been one, but. Didn't pan yeah, out. Really, he must have. Uh, he must have. His heart must have sunk when he looked out the window on, on yeah. Sunday morning and saw the conditions. But he was going <laughs> all right at the start, but once he had that spin, it just kind of all went downhill. Well, that's it. it. I mean, once you slow down, even because the tires are on such a knife edge, yeah, in, completely in those conditions. Like yeah. as soon as you drop, you know, that one spin is enough to drop that bit of temperature out of the tires, and it just never comes back. Because there's not enough movement once they've slickened off, and they'll sl- mm-hmm. these tires are slick after like 15 laps in those yeah. conditions. So, yeah, it was it was a bit unlucky, but at the same time, you know, shouldn't have spun the, in the, first the guys place. at the front. Yeah, the guys at the front kept it on the island. So, yeah, uh, to be fair, yeah. like a lot of them are in in much better cars, much easier to handle cars. But you know, you, you don't win by spinning, dear. Do no. Nope. Um, yeah, so back to Hamilton. So back he, Hamilton. he got as 
Fars fifth, and as we already discussed, he couldn't get by Perez. Um, the, the most crucial part of the job Perez did there was that um, the time the two of them lost battling dropped Hamilton out of Verstappen's pit window, which meant Red Bull could pit Verstappen, bring him out ahead of the pair of them, which was pretty yeah. crucial for the race. Uh, initially, Hamilton was asking the team to make sure they undercut Perez, yeah. but Perez came in the next lap, so that went out the window uh, mm-hmm. straight away. And then they kind of reverted to the stay out as long as possible plan because Hamilton's, about Hamilton and the team actually seemed to be of the, the opinion the whole time that eventually it was going to get dry enough for slick. So Hamilton wanted to just not waste time with a second set of inters, stay out, make one stop <laughs> yeah. less than everyone else, which yep. you can totally see the logic there. But it was weird, wasn't it? Like it never seemed to be actually raining, but it also never seemed to get any drier. It was such a weird set of circumstances. Like it was just yeah, sort of mizzling enough to keep it wet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like the perfect amount of drizzle yeah, to yeah. just keep it just wet enough yeah. for for intermediate tyres. Um, um, so where did are you ready to, to talk about where Mercedes slipped up or do you want to finish? Yeah so just to like the, the facts of what happens the team initially called me on lap 41 and he opted to stay out lap 43 he was still saying it's close to dry tyres um, then eventually lap 50 was when the team could see if he stayed out he was going to end up dropping even lower than 5th which is where a pit stop would land him so that was when they finally told him to uh, come in. Um, he was only six seconds behind Leclerc and Perez when he came out, but everybody really struggled with the graining phase on the new tyres, and he went through exactly that. Um, yep. Ended up uh, four seconds behind Leclerc in the end. Um, stayed in uh, fifth place. So, yeah, like what? what... It, hindsight's always easy, but like, did that do the right thing there? No. <laughs> cool. They didn't do the right thing. Yeah, I think um, when, you, when you look at everyone else's races, it is quite easy to say. No, they didn't. I think, hi, hi, well, first of all, hindsight is a, is, a, is a beautiful thing. But I think where they slipped up was way, way, way earlier in the race than before sort of trying this zero-stop strategy or, or trying to wait for dry tyres. I think the minimum they should have done was cover Verstappen. I think that yeah. their race was really at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, they were still of a view of catching Verstappen. Yeah. So to my mind, and I said at the time, if they're gonna if they're gonna get a decent result in this race, they need to cover Verstappen. Even though even if Verstappen's got that gap, at least put your driver on the same tire situation. Yeah. So that they've got a chance of of using the pace in the car to have the fight. Mm-hmm. And obviously I think like it, Verstappen's pit stop kind of threw the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit for them because they probably were paying so much attention to getting, getting past Perez that maybe it looked to, well, Verstappen kind of crept into that pit stop window and only just got it. Yeah. And then and came out just ahead of you know Perez and and Hamilton, so that probably caught them off guard a little bit. And then suddenly they're in panic mode, and it's like, oh no, now now what we're going to do, kind of thing. Instead mm-hmm. of just yeah. making a snap, clear decision. And again, hindsight, you know, beautiful thing. But 
the snap decision for me in that moment was right, Pitt Hamilton, get him on the matching strategy. We know he's the, got the faster car. We know if Perez pits, then they're going to be on equal terms and equal tires. That that Mercedes is so much quicker than that and Red Bull the in these thing, conditions. Yeah. Like, yeah, they could have, they could have, they could have had a much better. I think they could have even gone for second. You know, I really do. I think they could have, they could have at least got Hamilton up to Verstappen, it, it's which all, would have put him in third. Yeah, because it, the, the, he basically had one go at passing Perez and it didn't pan out, and it almost felt like they're like, oh, that's not going to work. We better do something different. And like, as you say, that Mercedes was so much quicker if they just shadowed Perez, come in the next lap. Yes, you'd have to go through the same graining phase, but so would Perez. That's going to balance out. You'd yeah. still be behind him. You, he'd definitely have had more chances to get past. And I think looking at the pace that Mercedes had, almost certainly would have got ahead of Perez had he just shadowed him in terms of strategy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I think like part of the problem is they, they, so they were talking a lot about like simulations and, you know, running the strategies through all the computers and all that. And I think Crofty had a weird name for it. Like, or one of them had a weird name for it, like the simulator 2000 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think like the point here I'm trying to make is it's probably not always the best idea to, to rely on those simulations. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. it's not as simple as, as, as all the maths that, well, it's not obviously very complicated maths, but it's not, you can't rely on on the computers to do the work for you. Sometimes it is a gut feeling, and sometimes it is something that that you can't get into a computer in time mm-hmm. well, to yeah. give you the result that you need in order to make a decision. You need to make quicker decisions on the fly. Yeah, and a lot that's what racing's about. A lot of the time is is making the right decision at the right time without hesitating. And I think what's caused that that hesitation for them is a bit of an over-reliance this weekend, probably on, on simulator activity and on strategy activity outside of like the human yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in these scenarios as well, like the, the weather itself is a completely unknown variable, isn't it? Yeah. It's difficult to make any kind of accurate like calculation for the strategies using the normal facilities that they do because the weather itself and the change in track is an unknown variable. It's an unknown quantity. I mean, purely dry circuit, purely dry racing, a little bit easier to rely on those things because every the, that scenario is relatively constant. But, yeah, I think in these conditions, it it goes to show that as meticulous as we always thought Mercedes were with strategy, I think what we've noticed in the last couple of years at least is when things fall outside of the regimented sort of routine and yeah. like the, the, the you know the the thing that we used to, they're just as fallible as anybody, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If not more so, so sometimes as well. Yeah. And I think that there's another factor in it as well, which is the it's the driver factor. You know, like the the machines can't predict like the difference a driver can make in the moment and on the day. Like, yeah, that you've got mm. a general idea of like the pace and what what obviously you can program into the system how much speed and how 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 a driver can perform on, a, on uh, as an average, but that you can't factor in a driver having a really special day and doing something amazing yeah. under the circumstances, you know? And I think like it, it took that opportunity away from 
from Hamilton this weekend. For him to put up, a, put in a really amazing defence by staying out, for example, or putting in an amazing drive on the tyres to get wrecked, yeah. you know, to, to pit on the same strategy and, and, yeah. and just be quicker than the other cars on track. So I'd like to see less of this sort of race. It's robot racing. It's not proper people racing at that point. You might as well just have autonomous vehicles going around the track if you're going to put everything through a simulator and watch it play out. Yeah. But that being said, the, the team told him to come in and he went against it. So it was kind of... Yeah, that's that true. Sort of, it was, the whole thing was just very halfway house, wasn't it? Like they, It was non-committal. Yeah, yeah, they needed to commit one way or the other and they, there was just a bit too much dilly-dallying, I think. And yeah, dilly-dallying is exactly... A lot of like talking about it and thinking about it and in the end sort of were halfway between the two. And like I've seen, to sort of go to the point you were making, Stu, like I've seen a lot of people using Ocon as an example. Well, <laughs> I've seen people saying, well, Ocon made it to the end without stopping, so Hamilton should have done that. And I've seen people saying Ocon was losing four or five seconds lap at the end. Hamilton shouldn't have done it. But, like, you're comparing yeah, a different I mean, driver much, in a different but... car, a car that's putting a very different amount of energy into the tyres, a driver that's driving. Yeah. Like, it's it's not really comparable. No, they're not comparable. I think um, the trend throughout the race was Hamilton was putting in faster lap times on every lap anyway. And yeah. and the way each of those, ca- like you said, the way each of those cars interacts with its tyres is very, very, exactly. very different. Yeah. Plus, as I say, Ocon um, was driving to try and do a no-stopper from lap one, which Hamilton wasn't doing. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know, like, I think on that, no one really knew that they could commit to that strategy until they'd done a few laps and could see the wear and see no. how it was going to pan out. So, but... They certainly started the race with that in mind as yeah. a possibility. But I, I think if you're the, if if you're looking for a race win in that situation, that's not a viable strategy. No, ne- that's never no. been a viable and strategy. You're always going to have to make a pit stop. And I think that's maybe the problem. Like we said, like Verstappen did the right thing by seeing the bigger picture, knowing that second was plenty under the circumstances. Whereas I almost think Hamilton and Mercedes were a bit too focused on Verstappen and didn't like actually pay enough attention to the car in front of them and the race they were actually in at that moment in time. Like all of this, wait for it to go dry, maybe don't stop, was very much focused on let's catch Verstappen, let's get ahead of Verstappen. And in the end, it just left him behind Perez. But, you know, I can't criticise them for that. I can't criticise them for wanting to beat Verstappen. And I think that no. should always be, that That should absolutely be the target, especially given the pace in the Mercedes this weekend. Yeah. But, but if you do that at the expense of yeah, your finishing position, it's yeah. Again, it's a balance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is a balance. But they definitely didn't. Suffice to say, they did not maximize what no. they they didn't maximize this weekend. They could have got more out of it. As you know, as much as they come on the internet and say these are the reasons we did it, we think the tire was going to fail, this, that, and the other, and they couldn't. And to be fair, like. There is a side of me that thinks, well, maybe they did make it was a what's the word? It was a safety compromise, wasn't it? It was yeah. a damage limitation almost to the maximum. Because if you do have a retirement, it, it was a risk averse strategy. Yeah. If you do have a retirement and you lose all those points, then goodness, you've got a challenge for the rest of the season. Where actually, like you could say, instead of getting too greedy and leaving him out, and you know, which is what he what he clearly wanted that. But sometimes your team needs to sort of pull rein you in a bit 
and say, no, you know, we need to know when to give up on this mm-hmm. and and settle for what we've got. And I think that's what really that was a wise decision in the end. Yeah, because, it was. You know, imagine if imagine if he does stay out and the and he has a tire fa- tire failure and he doesn't make it back round. You know, he goes off, and it's going to be very difficult. To, if you have a tire failure in those conditions, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to get back round to the pits without yeah. losing. Yeah, you know, completely. Like without, well, without finishing up in last place or outside of the points, which is just yeah. the ultimate disaster. So one way of looking at it, I guess a positive way of looking at it is we've still got a championship fight on our hands. There's only six points in between the two mm-hmm. drivers. And, you know, we've, we've been asked and we've, we've discussed over the last few weeks where, who's going to have an advantage, who's going to have a disadvantage. And I think going into this final running of the season, what, five races, then it's still anyone's game. It's wild. It is, it? yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for I, I can't remember what you guys said, but like looking at this race, I personally had this one down as one where I thought Verstappen would be the one outscoring Lewis. Like I think we we all kind of went backwards and forwards a little bit across the different races, but it was although from the form of the Mercedes, you wouldn't have actually expected it. You know, like from looking at the actual performance this weekend, in terms of it going like backwards and forwards between certain races and coming down to the end of the season. This is one where personally I, I had Verstappen outscoring Hamilton, and I think that just goes to show that like these little things can make a difference. Mm-hmm. But it also plays perfectly into the hands of the back and forth that we're expecting over these next few races, based on who we think is going to yeah. be stronger at different races. Yeah. I mean, we expect Lewis and Mercedes to be strong at the US, which is next up. But then Mexico, we're expecting Red Bull again and, and Verstappen. Brazil, Verstappen, uh, and then the last two are kind of unknown, I guess. So, it, I mean, it, it plays perfectly into the going down to the wire. Oh, completely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this going situation. down to Abu Dhabi, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's going to be final laps of Abu Dhabi. The two of them are going to be neck and neck, and it's going to be one of those. <laughs> sort of, we can only dream. Imagine <laughs> that. Like, Imagine if you get to, like, there's 10 laps left in Abu Dhabi. And it's a straight fight on in the lead. There's different strategies, and one of them's catching the other. Or there's just a straight... Yeah, maybe it's just a race where they just, they're neck and neck the entire race, and it's just going for we, it. We need them to yeah. go into the final round less than the difference between first and second in points, basically. So it is just a straight on-track fight. Yeah. That yeah. would be... That would be awesome. Just, that'd be the dream. I will... Oh, man. If, if that happens, I'm going to book the race off. I'm not going to go to work. <laughs> to but then it's the last race it. of the season. I kind of have to go to work. Kind of. You'd probably be big, required. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think we can definitely say of the two, like, damage limitation races we've had now with the two of them taking the penalties Verstappen's definitely come out on top of the two yeah yeah I mean he's got a little bit lucky with the first one I think with Mm -hmm. Russia he definitely came out with you know he had Lady Luck on his side he he was actually looking for a long time like he was probably going to finish more or less where Hamilton finished this race in Russia wasn't it yeah yeah. I I mean they they made the call to to move to the Inters when they did though didn't they like there was yeah, fair enough. A bit of that was throw caution to the wind and, and basically say, let's just get on them now ahead of everybody else. But that's the kind of in-the-moment decision-making that you were talking about before, Stu, that they've had in that scenario and Mercedes and Mercedes as a team didn't really have this weekend. And yeah, I think that's, I... that's a difference of why I think Max and Red Bull got a better outcome out of that Russia scenario than 
maybe Lewis and Mercedes did this weekend because they went with the gut, say, like, let's just get on them now and be prepared. I mean, yes, they had a bit of a luxury making that choice, but even still. There are some differences there, though, I think, because Russia, they kind of, they they took a bit of a gamble in Russia because they didn't know what, quite what the weather was going to do at that point. Yeah. And they just so happened to be just at the right point on track that they saw what was happening further around the track and were like, right, let's get him in and let's yeah, make it exactly. done. And they were communicating through the whole thing. So there was an element of thing. But I think there was definitely a huge amount of luck in play um, in Russia. I, and I think at this race, they had the advantage of of being able to basically run in clean air the entire the entire race, just three seconds behind yeah. Bottas. And you've always got that on-track position advantage where, you know, you can manage your own race and it's a lot easier. I think in that situation, when you've got a driver coming through the pack to try and to try and get to you, who clearly does have the pace, but it's about how you manage your own race such that they don't catch you. And I think yeah. that's easier than it is to, to maybe it's easier to do that than it is to try and win the race from behind. Yeah, well, I mean, perfect example of that sort of scenario is Bottas, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they, mm-hmm. they were essentially managing him to yeah. maintain the best life in the tyres and so on, maintain the best pace throughout, but not pushing so hard, like, making huge gaps because it wasn't worth the, the risk. Like, yeah. just keep him at arm's length. And if Max decides to pull out, you know, a few fast laps, responds to show that... Yeah. <laughs> You know, and you've not, got the pace and it, and it, it just keeps them at arm's length the entire time. And that's what you say. It's like, it's, that's the comfortable position to be in. Yeah. And not only that, you've got a teammate who's on the pace this weekend as well in, in, in Sergio Perez, who's mm-hmm. making life very, very difficult for the chasing car. Yeah. And such that he did create a big enough gap for Verstappen. It's like, right, you know, they're watching for that gap. The whole strategy make no mistake red bull in their team briefing before this race were like right you need to hold yeah. up hamilton so that we can make that pit stop they knew that that was going to play oh, out absolutely they planned for that and yeah you know fair play to him for it because this is brilliant strategy and excellent execution red bull were red bull absolutely maximized this weekend they got actually red bull got more out of this weekend than they could have possibly expected i, I don't think they would have expected Perez to be able to hold hamilton up as long as he did and they were very happy, obviously, that he was able to. And Perez had some decent pace. So great Reb, great, great weekend for Red Bull. Um, a failure to maximise from Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at a race where they were definitely the faster car. By yeah. a long way. The which which car. is, yeah. for, for, for consi- consi- all things considered this season, that was a big gap they had to yeah. Red Bull this yeah. weekend. Yeah, which is, you know, which is why they decided to take the penalty at this race. Like we've been kind of predicting this for a while that this is high on the list of ones they'll take it. And I think I still think it was the right choice for Mercedes to take the engine penalty at this race, but they definitely could have done more damage limitation than they did. Um Yeah. Yeah. So in conclusion to that sort of um <laughs> that segue you had there, definitely, yeah, Verstappen did come out Verstappen has come out on top, as you say of the damage limitation zone <laughs> in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, oh, let's talk about Gasly. Um, he came home to finish sixth despite having that five-second penalty for the Turn 1 incident. 
uh, which he also got two points on his super license for. What? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The original, That's outrageous. The original Stewards that. report had him partially to blame, but they later released a corrected version, which changed it to him being <laughs> wholly to blame. That's out, that's ridiculous. I just... What was he supposed to do? He was between two cars. Yeah, yeah. he got sandwiched, as he said himself on the radio. Like, that was the most turn one, lap one incident. You, you don't you get could, more yeah. turn one, lap one than that. That's just how it is. If anything, a lot... Especially in those conditions. As yeah. Well. yeah. Like, oh, cut him some slack, man. Jeez, like, easy. Yes, it sucked for Alonso. I think Alonso might have been gone for a good result in that race, if not for that. But at the same time, if you're opting to go around the outside of turn one at the start in conditions like those, you're always at risk of someone running wide into you. And that was the risk you took, and it didn't yeah. pay off. And... I really just think Gasly was between a rock and a hard place, and I'm, I'm utterly baffled by that decision to give him a penalty. Yeah, you've just seen the Discord chat. Yeah, there's all kinds of gifts going on. <laughs> I can Discord see chat. the grin on your face. Um, what, what's interesting about this, though, is I don't know if you've noticed, but this whole saga between Alonso and stewards and turn one incidents and so on. Yeah. Definitely his, gave the his stewards a point whole, to prove, didn't he? Well, his whole agenda over the course of this season yeah. has basically been, I'm going to hang it around the outside of turn one every single weekend and I'm going to take to any runoff given to me because, it, because the rules basically say I'm allowed to do that, which played out yeah. the way it obviously did in Russia. But then here, there's a giant, there's a giant like slab of grass, isn't there? Yeah. Across turn two. Yeah. So yeah. It, like, I think he kind of problem. went around the outside and went, "Oh yeah, I'm going to have to turn in this week." <laughs> and it just kind of, I, I think there was generally just one of those, like his his look ran out basically playing that card of, "Well, I'm going to show the sh- stewards like what they're getting wrong by just hanging it around the outside every week." But the only problem that he's going to have now is that. Uh, sorry, no, the other thing that's played into his favour now is the fact that they've given the penalty for what they've given. Like, yeah, like, I, like I am I am enjoying this Fernando Alonso who just seems to be on vendetta to, like, point out all the stupid rules and the holes in the rules. Like, I'm really enjoying that as, like, a through line this season. But, yeah, on this occasion, like, he he, he was just wrong place at the wrong time. He was unfortunate. He was yeah. a turn one yeah, incident. Yeah, just unlucky. Totally There's just unlucky. no way that was a penalty for Gasly. And definitely no way it's two points on your licence. No. Like that's yeah, that is that's exactly the same as Bottas and Stroll going hungry. Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, for a very much lesser Ridiculous. That's mad. Um Alonso got his own five second penalty for that incident with Schumacher, which I would say was a far more egregious thing. What happened? I didn't see that. He basically had a half move up the inside kind and just like understeered into him and spun him basically oh, it was just yeah. it was just a clumsy attempt at an overtake and to be fair to Alonso he went to Schumacher after the race to apologise like he took full blame yeah. for it that's like Sunday afternoon down the cart track yeah it really Sunday was days. yeah <laughs> you know. just a lazy like nose at the inside oh no I've understeered into you oh no you're yeah. backwards in the grass kind of thing but yeah like that was a five sec penalty and no penalty points um it's like it just that's, just that's outrageous. Absolutely, Absolutely. And then, he's got no penalty points for it. And then that's I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get to it into some degree. But 
signs like understeering to Vettel, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Mazda's- Which was not that dissimilar to what was happening for Gasly. Like, I mean, Gasly was sort of avoiding another car. Science was just pure understeer mm-hmm. slash aquaplane. But, I mean, for me, if you look at sort of the context of car contact, there's not really anything different yeah. between the two for me. So how is Science getting nothing? Which is the right decision, may I add. Yeah. I agree with the fact that Science got nothing, but how is it on a turn it one that's that tight? Gasly's yeah. getting so penalised for, in my opinion, like contact that is almost identical between the two it, cars in well, terms of the because, way they've contacted and the point in the corner. It's because the stewards had a point to prove. That's why it's, it's, it's because mm. Alonso's been saying all that stuff all week about about you know it depends what nationality you are as to whether or not you yeah. get penalty. The stewards were in were left in a vulnerable position where, and we've seen how lot sort of reactive the stewarding has become actually since mm-hmm. sort of Michael Massey's takeover. There's definitely been a lot more sort of just, it's just been a little, a little bit less solid. It's felt like since, since that's changed, yeah. you know, it's, it's le- le- less of a rock to lean against and more of a, something to, they feel more like something a bit more flaky and a bit more like you, you less predictable. They feel a lot I, less predictable. Yeah, I would. I would be interested. Like Paul's mentioned it in the Discord chat while we're talking about it, but it's something that I've sort of saved up a couple of times before, and I think that we might be at a point where it is worth trying having a set team of stewards, even if it's just for one season, to basically yeah, trial run it yeah. for a season and say we're going to have the same set of stewards from race one to race final, and basically just see a how the drivers end up feeling about it over the course of the season and the fans because if everyone agrees that we feel everything's fair and consistent race to race to race because the same people looking at these decisions then that's they something that the sport should mm-hmm. be doing on them yeah. I, I understand absolutely... the, i understand the reason for the difference and swapping but i do think they should at least try why though why it's 2021 like yeah, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's an I objectivity it point, though, isn't it? I find it absolutely mental that at the pinnacle of motorsport, they have the same, they have the same safety. They have, they have Michael Massey. They have the same race director yeah. every race. Why don't they have the same stewards at every race? At the very least, weird. have like ridiculous. a really small pool. Maybe have like six or seven, and th- any three of them do every race. Like at the very least, like because it just seems like it almost feels like you've got two of the three are just new people most races at the moment it's yeah tell what, i'll do yeah. i'll do you, well, i mean i don't really keep i don't to be honest i don't i don't keep track of who's race stewards well I'm, I'm going off the fact know, that they sometimes show you a shot of them and normally it's like i've never seen these people before in my life yeah i i think it's madness i think it's absolute madness i think this there's there's no you have the same fia delegates you have the same you have the same yeah you need the same people interpreting and enforcing the rules yeah. the same way throughout a season. You can't just chop it. It's mad that they chop and change. It has to be consistent. Like, imagine if, like, the Premier League football in, in the UK just started randomly bringing in, like, European refs every now and then. Yeah. Like, like, random matches. It's, yeah. Like, the world would go crazy Weird. if that happened. Like, no one, no one would accept that. But the fact that, it's, I guess it's, like, kind of understandable that we're going to different different places in the world and maybe there should be an element of like people from that country uh stewarding but, but, but no <laughs> but also but no yeah i think yeah like just keep you know you need as much 
I think they'd solve a lot of the problems around rules consistency and rules application if they just kept the same people enforcing the rules because everyone would know where they... There'd be a lot more consistency. Everyone would be able to much more easily compare situations across you know, across across seasons and across races if, say, we get to a point where in 10 years' time it's been the same stewards. It should be... To be a Formula 1 race steward should be, like, the the absolute top you can be in stewarding in motorsport. Yeah, and it should be a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Totally. Yeah, it should. It should. Be. I think it's crazy that they still have all these different people. You know you know what the real solution is, don't race. you? You just, that? just get Martin Rundle to make all the decisions. It's very rare I disagree I mean, with Martin he's Rundle. Wrong. Yeah. He's rarely wrong. Just yeah, refer yeah, them all. Yeah. St- and the weekends he's not there, Jensen can do it because he's also very rarely yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. I will. I, I think yeah, I think we should go to Twitter votes 100%. Twitter votes. Oh, oh yeah. Twitter votes. Let, just let the world decide. Because driver of the day proves that that's entirely uh, logical <laughs> and not partisan <laughs> in the slightest. Um, I will briefly say, just mentioning him, that I thought Jensen was fantastic in commentary this weekend um like he, yeah. he's, he's he's it's not very often you hear him doing like the full race commentary but i thought he was proper like he was so yeah, was really good. switched on he called like the tire graining and like the evolution tires like all that stuff he was just like completely on it really really good i think him and brundle would be the dream team. Oh. i think we don't we don't need crofty no <laughs> brundle seems to be doing Whispering. less and less races doesn't crofty. he i wonder if brundle's like gradually winding down um but like they've, they've got some very good like it, brundle's a very hard man to replace but the likes of uh jensen and ant and karuna doing doing very good jobs in his stead i think yeah yeah big time yeah yeah but at, at the same time you know i all of it, i think just former race drivers tend to make really add add so much yeah. bring so much to the table yeah I, I think that was always the benefit of having brundle on board from like pretty much the day he retired didn't we like yeah he pretty much instantly joined the commentary yeah. team and coverage team because i think the and it make, also, makes a big Ma- difference matt Ma- Ma- blundell not the greatest commentator matt blundell True. was not brilliant no <laughs> no um because that's the thing do you remember there was that brief stint on itv where they gave Brundle the lead commentator position, and I think David Coulthard was being the like former driver. And yes, you you lost a lot of what makes Brundle a fantastic co-commentator when he had to be the one leading stuff. So yeah, yeah you definitely need fair. someone to be doing the just do the talking, keep things moving job, and have him yeah. just interject with gems like he always does. Alex Jakes. Yeah, Alex Jakes. I think he's just saying he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a matter of time, isn't it? But anyway, um, we're getting very meter by talking about yeah. commentators. Yeah, so last drive to mention, I think, is signs um, from last on the grid to eighth. Um, we've already sort of mentioned probably the one blemish on his race, which was the way he got past Vettel. But I do agree with you, Tom. That I don't think that was necessarily penalty worthy. It's not like he chucked up the inside and was never going to work. He just kind of had some understeer and a bit of a snap of oversteer in the wet. It was yeah. it was fairly innocent, wasn't it? And it was wheel-to-wheel contact. And it's not like he only got past Vettel because they made contact. Like, he was getting past him regardless. That yeah, was just sort of... That was yeah. coming, yeah. 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 It, it, look, Rubin's racing in those situations, I think. No, no one got any real damage. No, not at all. Like, you know, it wasn't strong enough contact that 
that anyone got hurt or any anyone's race was ruined. It was absolutely. I think it was absolutely fine. That yeah, was just racing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but really good drive from Signs. He meant Ferrari scored sixteen points. Um, where at a race where McLaren really struggled, they only got six. So Ferrari have now closed to seven and a half points behind McLaren in the fight for third. Which, Oof. speaking of fights that are going to go down to the last race, I think that's another one of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Also very tastily, there's only half a point between the two Ferrari drivers in the Drivers' Championship now, which is uh, even more tasty. Um, I think, yeah, Leclerc is ahead of the two of them by half a point now. Um, and I think the, the fact that Sainz is even that close to Leclerc at this point in the season is kind of impressive enough, isn't it? Regardless of where they finish, I think Sainz yeah. has done a much better job against Leclerc than most people expected. Yeah. Sans has killed it. The, the man is. I mean, I you know, if Ferrari come up with a good car next season, it's going to be a very, very interesting season. Yeah, it really two. is. Um, Sainz is just is the total package. I love the guy. I've, I've over the last couple of years, I've become a real Carlos Sainz fan. I think if we didn't yeah. have any, if, if we didn't have the likes of you know Hamilton, George Russell, Lando Norris on the grid, then signs would be my guy. Yeah, good driver. I'd like the way he goes about racing as well. Like, He's been fairly undervalued at most teams he's been at in recent years as well, hasn't he? Mm. Like, Red Bull uses a bit of a bargaining pawn with Renault. Renault never really seen as their number one guy, just, you know, advantage of the engine deal. McLaren valued him pretty well, but were also very quick to basically say, no, Danny Rick's available, let's have him. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I mean, like, as much as McLaren did value science while they had him, they were very quick to replace him when. But I mean, I think that was more. If you were, if you had to choose between those two drivers, who would you pick out of interest? You McLaren. Rick and At that moment in time, Danny Rick. Now, not so clear cut for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot closer now. Yeah. I think Chris is right. I, I agree with Chris there. At that moment in time, it was Danny Rick. Yeah, but even he did have some. Science did have some great performances at McLaren. There's no doubt about I that. I mean, we 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 were on the Science train. He was our driver of the season in 2019. Yeah, 2019. Back of the grid driver of the season was Carl Science. Pulling one out of the record. We 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 were on the Science train early doors. <laughs> yeah. um, to be he's, fair, to be fair to McLaren great. as well, like. It was. I think it was more a case of he went to McLaren and were like, "Yo, Ferrari, offer me a seat." And McLaren were like, "Yeah, we're not going to stand in your way. Like, we're not. Yeah. We're not going to try and yeah. stop you getting that." So, but they they also very much had Danny Rick just waiting in the wings should that happen. Yeah. Also in my fantasy team <laughs> and Gasly, Gasly and Science. Is there anyone not in your fantasy team? <laughs> I'm wondering how Stu affords all these people in his fantasy teams if you're honest at the system it's actually my, my team's worth 104 million now out of the 1 million that I had to start with I've made 4 million on my team this year it's given me <laughs> options given me lots of options as the season goes on an extra yeah. 4 million's uh, always a nice thing to have isn't it extra 4 million's a lot in that, in that or so I've been told in that game mm. <laughs> anyway Time to take just a moment away from this week's episode to talk to you about the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. It includes their new Lawnmower version 4, the waterproof trimmer with advanced skin safe technology. And it now even comes with a travel lock, meaning no more embarrassing activations in airports and the like. You can get 20% off the package by heading to manscaped.com and using the code BOTG. 
you will also get free shipping on the whole box. It also includes the nose and ear hair trimmer, known as the Weed Whacker, as well as the Crop Reviver Toner and their Crop Preserver Deodorant. Manscaped are trusted by over 2 million customers worldwide, and that includes the three of us. So remember, if you want to get 20% off the brand new Performance Package 4.0, head to manscaped.com and use code BOTG. That's manscaped.com and code BOTG. Drive of the day. It's it's tough, and I know we don't always do it, but I think Bottas. Yay! I I thought I was going to have to be the one to mention Bottas. Nah, I was going to say Bottas as well. I think he's had a pretty pretty solid weekend, not just race. Okay, this is I'm I'm sort of thrown now because I was waiting for you two to say the drivers I was thinking of, and I was going to have to force Bottas into the conversation. (laughs) Because for me, forces away from Bottas. For me, it's between. Perez and Signs, I think. I mean, they've both had very solid drives. Very much so. Um, and I'm struggling to choose between the two of them, to be honest with you. As much as I want to say Bottas, and he was very, very good. All three of them are like really easy to argue for. I think, I think I'm kind of for a moment forgetting where um, Signs started, aren't I? Go yeah. back. Mm. Like he was literally passing a car or two a lap in the first yeah. phase of that race. I know we've only just talked about it, but it kind of it just dawned on me that I'm kind of taking that out of the equation, and I shouldn't be. I'd be. I could easily be very. I could very easily be swayed to science for that fact alone. I think. I think, but I don't think we should deprive Bottas because <laughs> it's you know it's, it's it's a bit easy. It's getting a bit easy to give a driver who's had a penalty in a. You know, in a much faster car. You know that the Ferrari had the second best, it had race pace to match the Red Bulls this weekend. So they, they did look very good. Yeah, it was it was joint second fastest car on the in in the field over the uh, during the race. I feel like um, you've turned into Christian. <laughs> We're all playing very different roles, aren't we? Yeah, this is weird, isn't it? But um, for me, it's Bottas because he's it was just flawless like he, he nailed turn one he nailed the start and he controlled the race from start to finish it's not often actually that we give give a driver no. um, the thing but i think given the conditions as well and given what we know about the what we know about bottas this season and his performances so far i think this is a standout performance for bottas so yeah. i i see no reason why he shouldn't get a drug. Bottas shouldn't get driver of the day for me. I think he's, he he won the race. He did better than anyone else over the race of the weekend, over the course of the weekend, other than Hamilton in pole position, which he didn't need to beat because he knew he was going to get the yeah. penalty. We all did. So he did. He ticked all the boxes this weekend, Valtteri Bottas. Driver of the day for me. Tom? I'm just going to have to stay with where I was, I think, aren't I? And just go Bottas. I, I, Can, they share? Can they share it? Can they share I, it? I, I must admit, I've made it very difficult to argue with. I, can, I, I can't believe my it. gut feeling is to argue against you saying Bottas. Like, what's going on? No we, we, we could. I mean, Who are you? It, it's our award. We could just give it a three-way tie. No. No? Yeah. We don't do that. We do now. We've definitely We're done that Ameri- before. <laughs> <laughs> a three-way ties too many. Come on now. All right, now. Bottas. It like make a decision. Fine, it's Bottas. This is your chance to. Like, I know. Bottas, Why am I arguing against this? It's Bottas. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, crazy. You, you shouted so loud into the mic. You <laughs> You're so excited. I've never seen Chris so excited. Uh, right, move of the day. <laughs> Oof, yeah. uh, 
Hamilton v Perez. Hamilton round the outside of uh, Sonoda. I was going to say, I thought that was a good one. Oh, yeah, oh, turn one. three. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think his fight with Perez was uh, a topper for me. Yeah. Some of the best wheel to wheel racing. And because we don't always just quantify this as just a single overtake, do we? And I think that mm-hmm. that for me is. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty solid. It is solid like, so who gets that award though? Perez or ha- Perez think, for holding the position? I think it's Perez. Ham- Hamilton for putting. The- well, like to be Sorry. fair, the the point Perez retained the position was basically an overtake because Hamilton was ahead going down the main straight and Perez like did him back into turn one. So if you want to like really hold me in on an overtake, I think it is Perez for that for me. So it's Perez defense yeah. is the move of the day. Is yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, so I mean, that's find it hard to look past that. I think like early doors during the race because remember I see I, I can focus on races much more at the start before too much yeah. has happened and as the race goes on I, it gets more and more difficult for me to watch <laughs> the whole thing prop- properly anyway yeah. and um, you wouldn't believe the amount of time I spend like reading and re-watching bits of races <laughs> like throughout the day on a Monday to just be like on vague form <laughs> for this podcast <laughs> but anyway um, the yeah, so the overtake against Sonoda around the outside three was was a good one. But I can definitely go with... Um, I have seen, the obviously, it was one of the biggest matches yeah. of the entire race. Um, it made the difference for the race as well. So, yeah, Perez won. Perez maximised that performance for Red Bull's weekend in those moments yeah. during that battle. Vital so, yeah, for Perez Red Bull's definitely, yeah. definitely deserves it. Cool. Uh, final award. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Um, I don't think we've ever had as many options for this one. <laughs> like <laughs> these are yeah. all news to me. These are all of these. Oh, news Stu! Actually, quite crazy. Oh, Stu! Buckle up. Um, all right, <laughs> strap in. We're in for a roller coaster here. Let's go. So the first one I always mention is just the whole pole position scenario, because it was like. The the whole time through qualifying, they were that were constantly reminding you that Hamilton had a penalty, which is fair enough. You have to have the context, but then it was like, yep. Hamilton was fastest, so we'll give him the pole position Pirelli tire. But then later on, he actually had to give that to Bottas, and he like wrote a little comedy message on that for Bottas. And then like that was funny. All the graphics that normally say pole had to be like changed to just say fastest, which just felt like. Really fastest clumsy. In Q3, yeah. yeah. Who'd have thought like fastest in Q3 would become a thing? Yeah, I know. They <laughs> had to follow our logic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is hilarious. Officially. <laughs> but then, like, so yeah, I think the history books will show that Bottas got pole for that race. Um, Which he did. But then. I mean, he was on pole. He was on it's pole, true. but I don't think that's what the history books should reward. It's the same as, like, the history books will say that Verstappen was pole for. Um, Silverstone because he won the sprint race. It's like a similar logic of like, well, he wasn't the okay. fastest person in qualifying. I'm about to get really Formula One and boring on you. Here. Oh God, hang on. I've been I've been infected. I've been working there too long. Get your timestamps ready for editing this out. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> We're not going to edit it out. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you say. I, I almost swore there. I almost <laughs> swore you would have had to edit. I would have given you a reason to edit it out. Um. Pole position isn't 
necessarily obviously isn't necessarily the fastest lap set on thing. I think don't get a penalty if you want. Not not that the penalty was Hamilton's fault, but like yeah. it's a team sport. Remember, it's a team sport, and pole position goes to the car that is is within the rules and mm-hmm. and does the best job with the equipment within the rules and that's the key thing like hamilton has in effect the mercedes have 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 broken the rules and so they've been given a penalty because they've no, used an extra fair. engine and extra engine component because the rules are you're supposed to have only have three of those and now they're on their fourth and you know i'm not slamming them for it because all it's you know yeah Red Bull did it a couple of weeks it's part ago. Part of the sport these days. It's, it's a quirk of the sport. It's a quirk of the rules. They want them to have free internal combustion engines. Yeah. But in order to maximise your chances through a championship season, I mean, you wonder how many engines they'd get through if they didn't have those oh, rules in place. Yeah, completely. So yeah, it's exactly why they're there. You know, they broke the rules. They were given a penalty, given a slap on the wrist penalty, which is what it is. Really, it's not. It's a weird thing to say they broke the rules, but they did. And. Therefore, you you don't get pole position if you if you break a rule. So therefore, the pole lap is the is the lap that gains the driver pole position, be that the fastest lap or not. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that is the pole lap. This, yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? the The definition of pole position is not the driver who was the fastest. The, the fastest, definition is. No. Pole, off pole yeah, position no, is the driver who starts at the front. That's fair. Yeah, yes, so, exactly. exactly. Which is exactly why we determine the rules the way that yeah, we do. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, But I will grant you that everyone at Formula One and involved in Formula One seem to forget that in the moment. Yeah. And you just ended up with this kind of confused <laughs> show of, of, of what's what do we do? What do we even do? I suppose There's you've no, got like, everything set up to like here's all the stuff released for the person who gets polls. Like, yeah, but he's not. Like, oh, no. What do we do kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, ha- Hamilton did qualify with the new engine, remember, as well. Like, they, they put the new engine. Yeah, oh, also true. have the same component in. Easier to get. You know, your engine is set. It's parked for a during quarter. Otherwise, you get another penalty for changing it. At yeah. That point, yes. Because you get the penalty for adding it to the pool. And then you get the penalty. Penalty for change, for change yeah. and breaking park for me. Uh, yeah, but I believe the penalty would have been worse, like you say, if it had yeah, been Yeah, you're right. So, you know, I suppose there's also the argument that it's easier to be fastest when you've got a fresher internal combustion engine than everybody else on the grid. So, yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, I see it. Um, anyway. Right, let's rattle through some more. Barrier cam. What was that all What's about? What's that? What was barrier oh, cam? Was so, so weird. Do you remember tree cam? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves and remembers tree cam. Well, this weekend we had barrier cam where they'd got a camera behind a crash barrier and they were like filming the cars oh, like through the, gap. through the gap in the barrier. And they yeah. used it like multiple times throughout the weekend. So you, you literally had like 80% of the screen was just the back of a barrier. <laughs> and then just like a car <laughs> through a little gap in it. I'm just looking at the, the meme of the. I'm just, yeah, I've just linked. I've just yeah, linked to to the meme. So weird. That's, yeah, that, that's one of the definitely one of the weirder cams that we've had over the year. I'll I'll, I'll grant you that. I've, I, I have mean, seen barrier. I've, I've seen a lot of barrier cam on the photography sites. That we wait, I can I can only say yeah. more in a photograph because at least it's like you know you're doing something interesting with a photograph, but to use it like during a live yeah. round, I will but say. At least you can see the cars in barrier cam. With tree cam, you could just see trees. 
yeah, yeah there is that. That is so true. There's long, long periods of time during tree cam where it's just leaves. It's just and some trees. And, and it is just literally trees. <laughs> on track. Yeah. Next one. What's the next one? Uh, we have to mention Vettel going out on slicks because that was like yeah. okay they <laughs> had not? they had nothing to lose at that point give it a go but it was also never going to work and <laughs> it like, was awful he, yeah, yeah. he didn't even make it onto the track he was still in the pit exit when he was back on the radio saying like nah this isn't it this isn't yeah, it fellas yeah, yeah. We're, we've caught this up yeah <laughs> we've got this really <laughs> wrong <laughs> yeah that that looked like an I saw the whole we did a thing and did some radio for it where um, it just shows you like his basically the whole <laughs> And oh my goodness. It's shocking. It was yeah, like it's... almost dangerous, the speed differential. Like, Yeah, it was going so much slower. Yeah. And also just like, it, it must have been so painful for him as well oh, to yeah. just go through that that entire process for that lap. So I feel, I actually really feel for but Vettel. If it had worked, if, we'd probably be hailing yeah. him as a hero right now. Yeah, I don't think you can give it a WTF. No. I think it's, when you're in that position in that car, it's worth the gamble. Yeah. yeah. Um, last of the silly ones is... Um, Kubica for the second race, I think it is in a row, being listed on the um, championship <gasps> standings as driving for Alfa Romeo, which is oh. a, a harsh. I just harsh for the graphics guy, not it, me, but harsh, harsh for the graphics guy. It is, but also you can kind of forgive it for one race, but if it's still there for a second yeah. race. Yeah, yeah it's still there. I did. I did see someone suggest like, could it be that like the way the system works, you can't have more than two of the same team in the standings <laughs> or like the system <laughs> breaks so down. Just so like, it on purpose. We'll put an O instead no. of an A. No one will notice. No, no, that's not. Um, <laughs> right. The, the, the two, the, these are the two for me that I think it should be. The first one we've already discussed at length is Gasly's penalty, which was yeah. ludicrous. Way too yeah. harsh. Yeah. And then yeah. the second one is the, the most useless piece of team radio I have ever heard from Ferrari. Go on. When when Leclerc was leading, when he hadn't pitted, and Leclerc got on the radio and said, "If we if we stay out and don't pit, where are we going to finish?" A, a sensible question, like you know, given mm-hmm. the pace we're on, how it's likely to drop off, where are we going to finish? And the response from Ferrari was, "Well, if you hold Bottas up, you'll win." It's like great. <laughs> Thanks, Ferrari. Probably could have worked that one out for myself. (laughs) I just like... In what world did they think that was useful information to give their driver? If you stay of the guy... I can't even say it myself now. (laughs) If you're ahead of the guy that you're currently ahead of and you stay ahead of him, you're ahead of everyone and you win. Crazy, that's right? How, that's how ra- that's how races if work. You keep the person in second behind you. You will be first. <laughs> that is good. If you I stay like first, you will finish first. Yeah. If you cross, if you are the first car to cross the, cross the line at the end of the race, you will win. The I was race. like flabbergasted. Listening, I think Jens in the commentary was like, "That well, yeah. that's not useful information. <laughs> <laughs> that's not answering the question he asked." <laughs> Is they, well, are they trying to like speak in some sort of code there? Do you think? <laughs> no, because there's a lot of that. A lot no. of that goes on, though, doesn't it? it a lot of that does. Goes on. Or is it? Or is it? Are we being really harsh? And is it? Uh, you know, is it the Italian speaking to the monogasque it, in English it, thing? Like it sounded like a very clear question with a very unclear answer to me. 
<laughs> I don't know. We, 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 I'm surprised they didn't give us that one to to publish over the, it over was, the weekend. It, yeah, it wasn't in the um, highlights either. Maybe they were feeling kind. Um, hmm. Lots to choose from. Watch, what's your favourite? <laughs> I mean, but the the serious side of me wants to go for Gasly's penalty, but I, I I'd rather have fun. I prefer to have yeah, fun. Yeah, the the, the silliness of the Ferrari radio and the reaction that it got from all of us. Yeah. Leaning more towards yeah. that one. All right, we can go for that. Nice. Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, and Barrier Cam, I'm never going to knock him for trying to be creative. No, like I say, <laughs> at least we could see the cars with this one, so yeah. we'll sort yeah. of let them off. Yeah, Pole Confusion's funny. Pole Confusion is also funny. But yeah, honourable mention, I think, to Pole Confusion because it was a bit daft. Yeah, like you could almost see someone behind the scenes with the Pirelli tyre being like, who, who do I give it? Who do I give it yeah, to? Who, who? I don't. I don't. Who, who is he? He's there, but do I walk past him and give it to Bottas? Yeah. Oh, imagine. Like, <laughs> and then what if Hamilton stops him and he's like, "I believe, I think that's I, mine." Like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. no, no. Off you go. <laughs> um, right. Takeaways from this weekend. God, yeah, I forgot we did these. Jeez, breezy. Um, awesome. I've scribbled a few down. Um, I think the first big one for me is the this race sort of proves the role that Perez and Bottas can play and probably are going to play in the championship running. Like, Yeah. yeah, We've definitely reached a point in the season where the, the, both those teams have got their cars and their drivers into a place where they're, they ought to be about as happy as they can be with the car. Yeah. And the, the combinations are probably the best they're ever going to get to be now. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think you're right. I think Perez definitely, you know, Perez really shone this weekend. He's, he's he did a really good job. He's done better than he's done all season, especially in tricky conditions. Which maybe you might say tricky conditions are a factor in in possibly Perez's performance, but mm. you know, he really, really, really should be there. Red Bull could be looking at first place in the constructors' title if they can keep it up. They've closed so, the gap yeah. now, haven't they? Um, yeah. Both championships are on for both teams. Yeah. And they're going to need absolutely everything from... Both teams are going to need absolutely everything from all four drivers across the two teams to to get to get the championship. That's that's, that's the way it's going to boil yeah. down this season now. 36 points now, the gap in the constructors. Basically, isn't it? Yeah. It's nothing. That is nothing. Nothing, is it? That's, no. that's literally... That's not not for teams that are winning as well. And like a, a driver is... Generally speaking, one of their drivers is the one that's picking up the twenty-five points every weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nothing, is it? Uh, well, you think of it as if it's a one-two, and then the mm. the other team has a bit of a mare, and the second drive. If you yeah. t- if, if if team number two has a bad as a bad weekend, best they're getting is third place, and then beyond that, driver number two in that team could be as far down as tenth. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? yeah. like the midfield is so tight compared to the like. What is it, 42, 43 points is it you get for a 1-2? Like, yeah, I think 40, with fastest lap, I think it's 43 yeah. points. Yeah. So, yeah, you could, could swing massively. Yeah. Um, next takeaway, which I've sort of put down because I feel like this is a story that's not going to go away anytime soon and is probably going to, if anything, like pick up pace in the coming weeks, is Mercedes have got a massive straight line advantage and Red Bull are... Although there was the kind of the question to the FIA a little while ago that got batted aside, Red Bull are still bringing this up a lot, like saying Mercedes are 
as fast as us in a straight line um, with On the higher downforce. Yeah, basically, I think it's Christian Horner said like we we can barely match Mercedes top speed with DRS open. Like Mercedes top end wow. is colossally better, and there and Red Bull also claimed they're not the only team. Other teams are also questioning this to the FIA. Um, whether it'll come to anything, I don't wow. know, but we're going to hear more of I it. Mean, that's for sure. But this that's the area that traditionally Mercedes has always excelled in. Yeah. From my yeah, high memory, power. like power and straight line advantage is where they've excelled. And so. as much as that gap has closed in the last couple of years, I would still say Mercedes is the pick of the bunch. Yeah, and well, I mean, initially at the start of the season, I think they were they were struggling a little bit because of some of the changes from the the like the floor regs and yeah. stuff like that, the regulation of the air on the floors and stuff. But, I mean, what's say they've not sort of put their finger on what it was they were struggling with and maximised their potential mm. now because of that. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. If, 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 it's, if it's aero, they'll figure it out quite quick because if it's aero-based, Mercedes won't have much of an advantage in Mexico. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very because good point. Because the air's a lot thinner in Mexico, so yeah. If it's engine, then they'll keep their. So if yeah, Mercedes win in Mexico, <laughs> they will win the title. I'm not even going to do it. I wasn't even going to do it. I wasn't even going to do it. It's yeah, but that's like the that's the opposite of your usual thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's if, true. If yeah. Red Bull beat Mercedes here, <laughs> so if Mercedes beat Red Bull in Mexico, it's their title. And that, my friends, <laughs> is what we call nuance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, already mentioned the fight for third in the constructors. That looks like it's going to go pretty much down to the wire. And my final takeaway, because yeah. I have to say, it, is that oh Bottas God. has still got it. Like I, he, <laughs> he he just has. Like has still got it. That that's yeah, his, he does. That's he does. the drive I really wanted to see from Bottas before this season was out. No matter what if, happens if Bottas, now, like if Bottas didn't. I, I think he can leave Mercedes like with his head held high. If Bottas didn't have it, he wouldn't have a drive next season. Of course he's still got Exactly, yeah. True. Right. Let's sort of try and talk predictions, but... <laughs> very Please briefly. don't. <laughs> we sort of also can't. Yeah, we can't go into specifics, that's for sure. Well, we know one person got a point. Yeah, all right. If we're going to do us, the only point between the three <laughs> of us was Stu getting uh, Hamilton fastest in Q3. I will point out that my logic for picking Bottas as fast as in Q3 was sound. But yeah. I think I think the thing is, I think... It wasn't because he wasn't fastest, was it? Well, the thing is, I think we all expected when Hamilton took his engine penalty, he'd take oh. the full power unit, all the things, yeah, start at the back. Max did. Yeah, and like Max in Russia, he wouldn't even bother putting mileage on the ending through qualifying, in which case yeah. Bottas would have been fastest. But... I think everyone was quite surprised quite that they only that. took the internal combustion engine. Yeah, they went they went conservative, didn't they? Yeah, very much so. Which, yeah, yeah. I wonder how high Hamilton would have got had he started last. Like, Sainz was able to get up to eighth, was it? Yeah, I think given there were other reasonably fast cars at the back with him, or you know, ended up round that might have made it trickier. Mm. If that if if he had been back there, then I think it would have been a lot trickier. It would have been. It would have all boiled down to who took the penalty when and who st- started 
in say yeah, 16th, yeah. 17th 18th kind of thing yeah. where where he where whereabouts at the back he's he was starting yeah definitely hard to predict um, but yeah um, no points for you two one point for me as for everyone else um as i'm sure most of you noticed uh hmm. the website was dead for a good chunk of last Blame week good Eddie, not me yeah <laughs> unfortunately completely out of our hands and um, we were massively Great, let down good, yeah um tom did his best to try and get it uh, working in time, but to no avail. Um, so those of us who sent you predictions via email or messages, we have them. We're going to have to manually put them into the website. That will happen over the next few days and the website will be updated with the results as and when we can. Um, yeah. The better news is uh, the website seems to be in much better shape now and touch wood, everything should be fine again for the next race. Soon, yeah. Um, but yeah, like we can only apologize for those of you who weren't able to get your predictions in, but as we say, it was like completely out of our hands, just broke on us with no warning and nothing we could do about it. Unfortunately, yeah. of all, of all the times to break, it was Friday night before a qualifying, before it, like, a race weekend, a week earlier I mean, or a week later. I don't think it, it wouldn't yeah. have mattered. <laughs> I don't think it started working again until Sunday morning. Uh, no, at the earliest. I, I, I don't think, think it, it I think it was like nearly but we won't, hours, we won't dwell on so. it, but we won't yeah. dwell on it. Sadly. <laughs> Let's just say if GoDaddy, GoDaddy ever come asking for uh, a sponsorship slot, <laughs> we probably won't be bothering. <laughs> no, well, it depends, it depends how much money they come with. Next next <laughs> section, please. Is, uh, keep it saying now. Stay, stay up. Bonks, bonks, bonks. Hey, man. That was loud. <laughs> the, 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 I could see Tom absolutely suffering through that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shall I go first? Go for it. <clears throat> um, body coat. I mean, Cody boat says, <laughs> "What track on the current schedule do you think produces the best wet weather racing?" I've got a really simple answer for that one. Go on. All, all of them. <laughs> That's just just Except rain. Spa. Rain produces great wet weather <laughs> yeah. racing, unless it's at Spa where. <laughs> You can't see. I mean, when they're able to race at Spa, that's normally a very good wet weather race. Um, Silverstone as well is normally very exciting in the wet. Um, yeah. It's kind of, it's tracks that have a lot of scope to make mistakes. And Silverstone has a lot of medium to high speed corners, which is yeah. exactly what you don't want in the wet. Here's a, here's a nice little segue question to that question. What race do you think would be best improved by being a wet race? <laughs> I mean, Sochi kind of already proved that to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Singapore has done that in the past as well. Singapore. Yeah. Singapore. Yeah. It, it, the problem with Singapore when it's wet is it takes you even longer than it already does anyway. It's yeah, a long, it's a long true, race yeah, in the dry. Oh it's goodness. even longer. It normally gets timed out, Singapore's. doesn't it, in Singapore? Yeah, they, they, they are knackering. Yeah, as well. it would be very interesting to see the race like Abu Dhabi in a downpour. I mean, obviously, unlikely. Very unlikely. Never, yeah, no, well, to be <laughs> fair, I've seen we've seen drops, we've seen spits of rain. On yeah, we have actually. Abu Dhabi. But and given the climate of this planet, well, who knows? You never know. Like you don't know how long it'll be before we get a wet race in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, but on the current schedule, which one produces the best? Just to answer the question, everyone <laughs> pick one. I mean, ugh, it's very difficult. Oh, actually, I've already mentioned two, but I think Brazil is probably 
the one for me. I think when I saw the question in the list, Brazil was the first one that popped into my head. Um, I think of a lot of like championship we... deciders at Brazil in the wet, and it's always exciting. Yeah, yeah. Australia's given us some good wet races as well. Yeah, as a season opener to open with a wet race is hectic, especially because that being just like roads around a park, it's normally like very yeah. greasy there, super green, and yeah. also like no one knows their car yet. No, <laughs> so um, Montreal's been quite interesting. Yes, yes. Before that's as well. a good one. Yeah, that's made some. There was the race around a park thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a theme. There's a theme. Theme. Non um, non race tracks. There you go. Non race tracks make great wet weather races. Shall we do the next one? Yep. Go on, Tom. Okay, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle says, if Max beat Valtteri to turn one, do you think he'd have had the pace to hold off the Mercedes? Or was he always going to end up in second place? I feel like hmm. Michelle's testing our Verstappen tolerance, isn't she? Testing your Verstappen well, your, tolerance. Your Verstappen <laughs> All right. tolerance. Okay, well, first, before we get into answering this question, <laughs> I should probably issue a bit of an apology. I may have been a little bit triggered last week by Michelle's question. Um, Maybe. I... Given the straight line speed of Mercedes, I think Bottas would probably have got past him. Yeah. Wouldn't have been easy, I th- but I think he probably would have just about had the top end to do it. Yeah, I think it, it depends how far into the race you get. I think if, if Verstappen's able to defend it until you start getting uh, enough wear on the uh, on the intermediate tyre that the grooves wear down and it's sort of becoming a slick tyre, so like you're 15... 16, 17 laps, then I think it's imp- it becomes very, very difficult to overtake after that point on those yeah. same tyres because yeah. you're moving on to the wet stuff to get the move done. Um, Actually, I think... So, go on, sorry, late finish. Well, so so I think to to conclude that that line of thought, I think if, if Verstappen's able to defend it for long enough, then he only needs to defend it for 15 laps and then he's got it. But I think the pace was probably there in the Mercedes to get it done sooner than that. It's just down to how how brave Bottas is feeling on the day. But yeah. it's academic because it didn't happen. So. I think given the yeah. the time it took for the new Inters to come in as well, like the overcut would probably have been a pretty viable strategy as well. I think Bottas could probably have just sat behind him, waited for him to pit and then just kind of unleash the extra pace he had and overcut him, I would imagine. But um but yeah, yeah. We'll never know. Yeah. Uh next, uh Vasco Brettenfeld. If you are leading a race and you don't make any mistakes and no one passes you and your strategy is perfect, what position do you finish in? Asking for a friend with a red horse. <laughs> <laughs> th- well is it if you're leading a race and you don't make any mistakes and no one passes you, and your strategy is perfect. What position do you finish in? Is it? Do you think he might? Is he first? I think. He, I think he might be first. It could be. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, as long as you don't let you're... the person in second pass you, then you'll finish first. I mean, does anyone know a race engineer that we could pose this question <laughs> to? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the fact that he didn't get an okay copy it was already an improvement on most Ferrari team radio. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, copy. The, the key... Okay, so on a serious note to this question, this fun question... I don't know. Is Stu about to defend Ferrari? 
I'm no, I'm not about to defend. What Ferrari. bizarro I'm world to, are we living I'm actually in? Actually, about to criticise Ferrari. Actually, <laughs> but come you, know, you say, and your strategy is perfect. Strategy... <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got a red horse. <laughs> yeah, perfection, perfect strategy, and and Ferraris don't don't go together. I'm afraid at the moment. It's just it's been an Achilles heel of theirs. What, however you look at it, you know, oh, it's a dangerous thing to criticise Ferrari in Formula Mania. Don't do it. I'm, I'll criticise Ferrari all day. I don't care. They, they've got shit strategy. Otherwise, they <laughs> might have had a chance of winning the race. What plan do you think the zero stopper was on Ferrari's strategy list? Were they on, like, plan G by that point? <laughs> they go through a lot of letters of the alphabet. They really, the recap, I think it was a couple, a couple of races ago. They said they were on Plan A, and it was like, "Wait, they're sticking to Plan A. This never happens." How do the drivers <laughs> even remember the plans? No, they don't stick to Plan A. They've circled back. To plan a. Yeah, they've gone through the whole. They've gone through all yeah, twenty-six yeah. to get back to Plan A. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, um, last question. Final question. Final question of the of the episode. I've got some sort of creature crawling around on my screen i can't read it but, um <clears throat> um kieran sinfield says do you think this race and max acing it in the wet in russia will be the deciding factor in the championship also i wonder with the straight line speed advantage of the mercs will have will make a difference in mexico very fair thought mr sinfield um history would tell us that it's going to be red bull dominant but they're is a very long straight. Yeah, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Um, well, it kind of well, goes. I think the whole thing goes back to what you said. Like, like, is it aero? Yeah. Is it engine? Yeah, yeah. Um, depends on whether it's aero or engine. If it's engine, oh, well, but then at the same time, actually, would, you know, would, turbo, you know, thin yeah. air. Mm. Well, turbo don't give a monkeys because the whole the whole point of I, I'm contradicting myself now because in the past I've said something different, but I've since educated myself and I know different. The turbo. The, the idea of a turbo is to pressurise the air and to spin fast enough that it doesn't make a difference what the outside air pressure is. Mm. So the whole reason the turbocharger was invented in the first place, if you want a little history level, <laughs> is so that aircraft in World War II were able to fly at higher altitude without losing engine yeah. power, um, which is why we now have turbos. And... So when you get to Mexico, in theory, although like it will have to spin at a higher speed to generate the same pressures, so it, it is a factor. It's just how fast you can reliably spin your turbo. Yeah. So the, the, there's there's a lot goes into. It. I don't think it's going to be as simple as like probably oversimplified it a little bit earlier when I was saying we'll find out whether it's aero or engine because from the outside it's so 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 difficult to tell yeah. what is what is the source of any particular yeah. advantage inside of Formula One. But at the same time, historically, Red Bull have been a little bit quicker and mm-hmm. have had... It's been a bit of a Red Bull track and a lot of that has been put down to the altitude in yeah. the past. So maybe all of this sort of Mercedes sort of getting a straight line advantage is all... A lot of this work is part of the development that go into mm-hmm. this is them hardening their setup and making it more and more of an all-rounder yeah um, yeah if they've got you know historically when mercedes have had a flaw like say for a long time singapore was a bit of a bogey track for them over years and years and years they they figured it out and they turned that disadvantage into that they worked on it and actually that disadvantage became a, a strong point of the team 
And I think we could be maybe seeing this, some signs of that going into Mexico. Like maybe they've yeah. identified Mexico as a weak point, their weakest point of uh, on the circuit after they've sorted Singapore out. And they're now putting themselves in a position where they can be the fastest at Mexico as well. Maybe. Hmm. It's interesting, is it? Because like when it came to the engine penalties, Red Bull picked a track where they didn't expect to be fastest. And Mercedes yeah. picked a track where they did expect to be fastest. Um, so like the, the two approaches and how what they think they can get out of the two cars individually is interesting. But yeah, Mexico. Like, I know yeah. we're like getting a bit ahead of ourselves because we've got USA before, but Mexico is going to be a very interesting one. It'll be a telling race. I think. If- I think so. Yeah. To uh... no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I like. I do think overall. I still think Mercedes have the better car this year. They have the faster car overall. Um, I know. No, I don't know if they. I don't know if they have all season. I think it's ebbed and flowed. All season. I think across the whole season, have. though, they. I think across the whole season, they have. If you look back at previous races, like it's interesting. I, I was sort of thinking about this. Um, the other day, like it's probably just because most of the F1 content we see is from the UK, but there definitely seems to be a kind of agendas, maybe like a strong word for it, but like the narrative seems to be like Hamilton is still in his championship fight, despite the fact that Red Bull and um, Red Bull have got the fastest car sort of thing. But I just don't think that's true. Like if you look back on previous races, Mercedes have being the faster car more often like they've not necessarily got the results to back that up but i think across I the whole season been, mercedes have been i don't know i don't know faster if I agree. yeah often. i wouldn't say that it's been that way all the way through the season oh not not was, all the way through but on balance across all the races we've had mercedes have been fast the fastest car more often i feel like that's only really been the case properly since summer break since, return since hungary break. yeah yeah hungary uh, oh yeah maybe it, leading to summer break with hungary yeah yeah but only the last four five races i think uh, yeah. i mean even then like portugal they dominated spain they were way quicker bahrain okay in the end the race was close but they were much faster the two austria rounds were definitely red bull rounds um silverstone uh although Verstappen won the sprint race. I think you would say Mercedes were the faster car around there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think yeah, Mercedes probably hungry they probably were. were. I they, but I think it's so marginal, though. I think they weren't yeah. fast. You you can't just... When the championship is this tight, you can't just be the fastest. You have to oh, be yeah, for sure. Fastest. You have to be a lot faster to make it count. And I, I don't know. It's that that this is really really difficult sort of. I think without having it all laid out in front of me, this is a very very difficult one to. It answer. is. I've, I've obviously yeah. given it a bit it's more one of those, thought it, it, and just thrown it. On like, you. Yeah, you definitely have. Jeezy breezy. Like, <laughs> I'm literally. I feel like I've gone into a lion's den. <laughs> I think it's one of those. It, it's the my response to this is the same as similar to last week's ultimate response. Which is it's kind of like one of those to to come back and analyze at the end of the season. Like you, you can't really tell yeah. who's had yeah the results at the end of the season and the number of points that people got at the end of the season will show which of the two cars was the faster car. Yeah, at the end of the day. and we still have and which team was better. What a third of the season to go, a little less now. 
well, back quarter. Yeah, uh, was it six, six rounds? One, two, three. Yeah, six rounds to go. Yeah. We're getting to the business end, though. Yep. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, did we answer the question? I, th- I think we did. Because we did. <laughs> to answer the first part, though, yes. What it was. We, we sort of already said it, but yes, I think these last two damage limitation rounds are going to be really important in the overall. Whatever the result ends up being, we'll look back on these two races as very important ones in yeah. the story I, of the championship. I was thinking to myself coming into this evening's recording, thinking we could get to the end of the season and be looking at this race as the race that costs Hamilton the world championship. Potentially. Yeah. The, the those it, it's going to come Ma- down to margins those, like, could little, be that fine yeah, it's yeah. Those fine margins yeah i mean there's i mean you can say that and then there's also you know brake magic and there's there's collisions between cars and there's all kinds there's of other things but verstappen's having a puncture when he was leading in baku like if, Hamil- yeah, if hamilton yeah, wins yeah, yeah. by anything less than 25 points which is extremely likely like you're straight away going to point to that race as like but then there's yeah, but there's then lots Hamilton of those in both directions. Like Hamilton didn't isn't score it? points. Yeah, Hamilton, same race. Hamilton didn't score points because he made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Set, so. It kind of neutralised that race. Yeah, didn't it? but yeah, you can I always think, point. Well, I think that that's been and and to, to to sort of conclude that has been the most fascinating thing about this season is that for every for every mistake one of the championship contenders has made, or for every unfortunate event that's happened to one of the championship contenders, mm-hmm. there's been an equally unfortunate or equally devastating yeah. mistake to happen to, yeah. the, to, to the rival. And that is why I love Formula One this season, yeah. particularly. I love Formula One for all kinds of reasons, but this season, the thing that's keeping me gripped the most is that it is punch for punch, wheel to wheel, epic racing, epic championship from start to finish. I think and that is why we all watch Formula One. And it's especially exciting seeing that with Hamilton involved because he's like, he's been just consistently successful for so long. And then this season, that's just like yeah. gone out the window. Like massive streaks yeah. of time without winning. He's having retirements that he's not had for like years yeah. and years. Like, yeah, just like two proper like heavyweight greats just like going at each other. It's brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving ends, this season. O- opposite ends of the generational spectrum yeah. as well. You know, one of them's yeah. really young, the other one's knocking on a bit. Knocking on a bit is like... <laughs> but, for an F1 driver. Well, for an F1 if you take Kimi out of the equation anyway. Yeah, and Rubens Barrichello. I mean, Alonso is... Uh, Alonso, yeah. He's like, anyway, we're, we're, yeah. we're droning, we're droning. Come on, we are, let's, yes. Let's, right, let's, let's wrap it up. Um, thank you, as always, everyone, for uh, joining us. Uh, special thanks to all of our uh, patrons. Um, great, as always, to speak to you all on Discord. If you want to get involved with that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid to see how you can get involved. If you want to get in touch with us, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things, just look at back of the grid and you'll find us. Uh, keep an eye on backofthegrid.com in the coming days and we will get the predictions uh, results on the leaderboard updated and I think that's that's all the things I have to say right like share subscribe so. sound off in the comments below and all that um, yeah. we'll be back in a week's time to preview the uh, USA Grand Prix but until then thank you for joining us and goodbye goodbye bye everyone